Hello, and welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Rusty, and I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. This is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't make it into the main meal. So, grab a slice this week and join us with Pastor Matt. Hey, guys. It's good to have you back again this week. It's a little bit, uh, I guess, easier passage than what we were trying to unpack last week. Uh, no, it was titled... not at all. Not at all. No, this, we actually this one was on harder. Thursday, though. This one was harder. <laughs> I can believe that in some ways. It was titled Full of Hope. It's from Hebrews chapter 6, verses 9 through 12. So one of the big things that you led with this week, just to make sure that we clarify anything here, is that we're beginning with that whole idea of the fact that you have to advance. And and part of what you were appealing to is, is last week's sermon. Mm-hmm. So this one, I mean, all of our ministry is made to kind of continue with mm-hmm. it. That's what makes it, I guess, consistent in the first place. But really this week specifically to not just take the edge off and also to actually then go and do things right. We have to keep last week in mind, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. It's funny. People, uh, you know, uh, in response to last week's sermon, there was a measure of, uh, ah, he was holding his cards back and didn't play his <laughs> cards to the end, and and so on and so forth. Um, and what's funny, you know, and that's a good funny haha, but um, I that wasn't intentional. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, yeah. In my mind, I was just preaching the text. Mm-hmm. The text said you can lose your salvation. Yeah. So there you have it. Like, that's just it. And then you and I have to figure out how to deal with that. You know, mm-hmm. we have to figure out, is there anything else I have to hold in my hand at the same time? And then how do I hold those things in my hand at the same time? Yeah. And that's just the way it is. And I, I knew there would be questions. So I wanted to try to ward off some of those questions. I, I don't want any unnecessary consternation or or heart tension. Um, but some of that's good because some of it we just have to be patient. I mean, in light of this week's sermon, <laughs> for and I, it was actually a point I wanted to make in my sermon last week that I or in this week this sermon this week, but it applies to last week, and that is like you've got to be patient, and sometimes it's even patience and just understanding. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're thinking about patience as it's related to faith and hope. Uh, looking forward, well, sometimes we just got to be patient and not understanding something, mm-hmm. and even practically, like not understanding the sermon. Yep. <laughs> like it's okay if you don't understand everything. And yeah. I think some people think, well, you know, I've got to be able to walk away from the sermon and and have all of the points and get all of the points and understand all of the nuances and get all of the application. And if not, I'm I'm some big failure or you're a terrible preacher. Mm. And and I'll be like, no, just just patience. Patience yeah. with me, patience with yourself. Growing pains, growing into it, all that maturity yeah. language. And you're gonna get things this today that if we preach the exact same sermon with all the exact same language, if we just hit repeat, literally, mm-hmm. you would walk away with something new. Yeah. yeah. So just Patience. Now, there's a difference between being patient and lazy, as we'll see in this week's. So don't be a sluggard when it comes to listening, mm-hmm. but be patient. 
Yeah. And then strive and work hard. Mm-hmm. Well, the sluggard, as we saw, usually blames other people, so they would go with your latter aspect of your terrible <laughs> yeah. preacher. Yes, and your faith is vinegar and sour to those around you. <laughs> to the preacher. <laughs> yeah. Right, right? Yep. So, yeah, this week, you have to advance in the faith, and then he, the author, uh, says, but you all, I, I, I feel pretty good about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I gave some caveats on the generalization side of yeah. things, but then it was very clear two reasons, your faithfulness and God's faithfulness. Well, those those the, are the caveats. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> those right. two things are missing. Then, yeah. yeah. And those things are intertwined yeah. in verses, you know, nine and 10. Um, you can't just say one verse nine is your faithfulness and verse 10 is God's faithfulness. Sure. But there, there's aspects of both of those across both of those verses. Yeah. yeah. I, and you talked about God's prevenient grace in there too. Mm-hmm. Of, of giving uh the being the engine to our faithfulness yeah, yeah. um and then, so then your last point then was a, a shepherd's desire looking towards that hope faith and patience component yeah so good yeah, yeah. um well out the gate these past two weeks have not necessarily been what we would call controversial but to your point <laughs> they are different uh sounding oh. maybe you know you know i you know um, in Baptist world, to just say the phrase, let me back up. Um, not free will Baptist. We won't count those people. Um, but the people who are actually saved uh, will, those Baptists. Free will Baptists are just Methodists, right? I, I, free will Baptists are more like Nazarenes. Uh, so like Methodists? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> uh, because if you can if you can lose your salvation, if it's if it's ultimately on you, um, and there is not that other component of yeah. God God's keeping grace, um, then I think you you necessarily have to have a workspace salvation. I think they disagree with me, but that's okay. We'll find out <laughs> one of these days. So so I think in the in Baptist non free will Baptist realm. Um, <clears throat> for you just to utter the phrase, you can lose your salvation. I think that's pretty controversial. Oh, yeah. So uh, I think the thing that I want to make very, very clear is that like, we're not changing our views on anything here. This is not a shift. It's not a, we're, this is not a gradual move or any of those kind of things. Like, uh, what we're simply doing is, is helping our church develop a more nuanced conviction. Well, and for some reason, you're allowed to do that on every other topic. Except the one that might affect, you know, my my son's brother's, you know, cousin, right? Because it's sentimental. Who I'm just sure mm-hmm. he's saved. Because they did all the right things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember one time sitting down with uh, a young man, came to my office in tears, saying, I don't think I got saved when I was a kid. I think I just got saved now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And Russ, you, you'd know who I'm talking about, maybe the more I get into the story. But then he goes back and talks to his father, and his father says, oh, no, I know for sure you got saved when you were X age. And, man, that, that moment, that night with that, with, that, with that young man before he went back to his dad, that night, he, in my office, he was saying, I think I, think I just got saved. I don't think I was saved then. Help me read my Bible. Help me put together a plan. Help me like take mm-hmm. these steps. He goes back to his dad. His dad says, no, no, no. You got saved when you were a kid. And here's how I know. 
because I got a feeling when we were in the pew that night together. <laughs> and would you know, that kid stopped all of his efforts mm-hmm. to pursue faith, to make a covenant of faith with Christ, right? Um, and he hasn't been to church in, I mean, probably seven, eight years now. But he nailed it, apparently. But apparently he got saved in the pew uh, when his dad had a feeling. So so, so to say you could lose your salvation, I think it's controversial. So you have to hear those both sides of that sermon. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say, don't be afraid, congregation, of a more nuanced view on things. That That's part of what it means to move from milk to meat. We're not trying to overcomplicate things. We're just trying to understand them the way the Bible presents them. So yeah. when you come across a passage that says you could fall away, you can't just go, you can't just come to the passage and go, well, I don't believe you can lose your salvation, so this must mean something else. <laughs> now, that might be true. It might be true that it is in line with the shallow understanding you might have come to the passage with uh, as it relates to whether or not you can lose your salvation. Um, but it is more likely that you bring that presupposition in and superimpose it onto the text. Like you put it on top of it. Well, sure. And you squash it. Because if you ask them to defend that passage or defend that view and from the scriptures, they have no idea how to get there. It's just good, quote unquote, Christian theology. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So you can't just when you when you get to that passage, you can't eisegete it. You can't press your system down on top of it. Now, I think at the end of the day, you know, my theological system uh, showed itself to be robust enough to handle that passage. Because mm-hmm. for me, nothing shifted in that. I didn't have no plate tectonics moving around mm-hmm. with my theology. Um, nothing was unsettled. There was nothing rattled. Um, I mean, now I've held the same view for probably eight years now. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, there there was just it's a, just a more. So I just want to make sure that was clear. People understand. Like we're just simply developing more nuanced conviction, and don't be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid of that. Absolutely. So, yeah. well, with that, hopefully, kind of put to bed or at least <laughs> rest to a degree. Uh, looking into some of the application of what you were tackling, one of the things you brought up was impatience uh, because we're supposed to be looking towards that, that shepherd's hope for them, right? Uh, or, or shepherd's, how did you say it? Uh, desire. So, and hope and faith and patience. And so how does impatience or faith kill hope? Yeah, let me, let me bring us into that question a little bit of a different way. So he is wanting their hope to be filled to the top. And the way that that happens, so hope is the, as, as I said, Piper, according Piper, is the future tense of faith. So all hope is faith, but not all faith is hope, because you can have faith in past events um, and faith in current happenings. Mm-hmm. If you were at the cross in that moment, you would be having faith in what's happening in that moment, or as you walk obediently right now, you're having faith in that, that this is done unto the glory of God and for the good of, of his kingdom and such. Um, but how do we have hope that is future-oriented? Uh, all f- hope is future-oriented. How do we have hope then filled to the brim or all the way? Well, it's through patience and faith. So 
in that in that context, how does impatience then kill hope? How does it? I, we can I think we can figure out how faith kills hope, but how does impatience? Yeah, faith killing hope would be in the wrong thing, or yeah. looking back. Yeah, 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 yep, exactly. But how does impatience? So I just guys wanted to tease that out a little bit. I, I think uh, impatience says I need it now. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, that future hope, those things that are promised to us from God's Word. And if I wasn't clear yesterday, it needs to be actual promises from God's Word and not from a good feeling you got after eating dinner. Uh, <laughs> and all of a sudden, God gave you a word. I'm not talking about that garbage. But a, 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 a patience in what He's actually promised you. And when you don't have patience... And you, you are necessarily saying, I need it now. And when you're saying, I need it now, you're saying, I don't trust you. Mm-hmm. So now what you're saying is, I don't have faith in your deliverance, yeah. uh, your deliverance of this promise. Mm-hmm. Um, or pay, impatience says, I want it. Uh, I want it now versus I need it now. It's just, maybe it's just, I want it now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think... We have to be careful there because, I mean, there's a measure of like, I would love to have this now, right? I would love to have all of God's promises fulfilled right now. Sure. There's a, a good expectation, right? On yeah. one hand, then you but, have like Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Yeah. And that's like a, um, like a, I would say a good desire, but when it becomes an over desire. There's a difference between anticipation and discontent. Yes. Yeah. So when you're discontent because you want it now. What you're also saying at the same time is I don't want what you've given me now. Mm-hmm. Or I don't want the measure of what you've given me now. I want more. And I, and I think that's the uh, just a helpful kind of life hermeneutic or application here is you've you got to think in antithesis. Like what am I saying and what am I not saying at the same time? Mm-hmm. So if I'm saying I want it now... I'm also saying I'm displeased with what I have now. Yeah. Which means, what are you saying about God? Right? It's fine to say I would like to have his promises now. It'd be awesome. I, I agree. I do too. But but not not to the extent to which I am discontent with what he's given me now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, and, and maybe a way to figure that out is, is your hope is dead. <laughs> right? <laughs> because Because there's a... If you are longing for some for the future realization of this promise, and you long for that, but you do it with a hopefulness, mm-hmm. then patience is a part of that equation necessarily. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Patience is there because you're saying I'm willing to wait. Yes. But if you are thinking I see that in the future, but I want it now, and you are your hope decreases or your anxiety increases or your frustration increases or your anger increases, thou, I think those are indicators uh, that you're being impatient. Yeah, and so, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that fits with Eleven's earnestness, right? Earnestness to have the full assurance of hope. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, well, that's way- where I use the word diligent. Well, so I think diligent in your in desires. The, that's in the work piece too. Yes, but from a emotional standpoint, which is, or I think most people kind of suss out what direction they're heading. I mean, that's the point of emotions, help you see 
what's going yeah. on internally. Yeah. Not to not to be ruled by them, but like, oh, this is this is keying me into something. Yes, when when Russ says to suss out, what he meant is because <laughs> I think some of you might ask, like, what, what what does he mean? What he means is the emotions are usually uh, what we look to f- for as indicators mm-hmm. of what's happening, which yeah, is yeah. what I just modeled for you, what Rusty just said explicitly, <laughs> and then now we're going to model again. You just sussed that out for me. Thank you. Uh, so the way that we will feel that is discontent plays out in anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. It, it plays out in worry, yep. grumbling, yep. complaining, all Bitterness. these Bible words. <laughs> But then on the on the other side for us, then you have this earnestness, and that's where you get that anticipation component. And before, then how okay, how then am I going to actually respond and act in my works mm-hmm. towards that end to that hope? So that's yeah, that's helpful. Um, well, one of the big pieces I think when we look at kind of systematizing some of what we heard yesterday, and then bringing it into play, right? So. Our systematic theology, as we say, is what does the whole Bible have to say about a specific topic for today? Put it into action. So we're not doing uh, a systematic of the whole Bible necessarily, but here in our passage, um, we have specifically a good theology of works right here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that was really helpful because you're talking about how there's a tendency, particularly in the evangelical church, to not just downplay works, but to basically discount them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was making me think that, uh, like, where does that tendency come from? And you kind of alluded to some of it, and, but I was thinking uh, it's the Reformation for us, I think, for Protestants, because mm-hmm. we have the Roman Catholic Church who's only works-based. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of like for the for the Christian Church, uh, the Reformation, the Roman Catholics were kind of like our 9-11, where we overreacted like, with the TSA. and <laughs> Yeah. Now overregulate and take away, you know, so add so much problem to, to this. We're like, no, 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 no wait, wait. I just want to get on the plane. Like this is okay. Works are okay. <laughs> um, so, so I think yeah. that was really helpful. There's a, such a tendency to disregard our works, and we have, you know, some some good backbone to that of like we're just doing our duty, as we talk about in Luke. Um, we're we're just serving the king. We're we're bond servants. Uh, slaves to righteousness, this mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but there's a, there's a lot more to it, and a, a, and more of a danger that we don't just uh, kind of discount them, but we we get rid of them. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I, I think it's an overreaction. I think uh, maybe even a little closer to home than Roman Catholicism is. Uh, you know, grew up in a in a church that did not, uh, uh, that maybe went the opposite direction with works. Um, you know, all this grace, grace, more grace, you know, kind of thing versus back then. Wow. Did you hear that? That was loud. <laughs> I think he's gone now. It's all another motorcycle. I don't know which one it was. No, I don't think that was a motorcycle. It didn't sound like it. Anyways, um, yeah, I think the the other problem is um, growing up in a church where there was genuinely a bunch of works righteousness, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, a more legalistic, baptistic kind of church. Yeah, so that's true. Yeah, so I you know I was wondering, I wanted to talk to this. What does it look like to actually do work that isn't works righteousness? 
Like, how do you... What counts? What counts? Like, what's... what's For the right thing? What's good there? Yeah. <laughs> this was a Sunday morning addition to cold pizza, because as I was finalizing some of my notes on Sunday morning, I was like, man, I really want to spend time on this, but I don't, I don't have time. Yeah. So this is definitely a cutting room floor question here. You know, is it, is it just an emotional state? So does that mean like, so I'm doing work a, and so long as I feel good about Jesus in that moment, right? Then is that it? Like, that's a good, that's good work. Mm -hmm. Do I have to do it with a mindfulness towards God? Yeah. So I'm I'm <laughs> so I'm working this and I am consciously thinking Jesus 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 Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh so right I mean cuz as I think even about preaching I mean there are times where Jesus 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 is not like it that's not on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. And there are times when I'm preaching that I don't, I'm not saying I feel bad about Jesus, but I don't particularly feel like, oh, come abide with me, Jesus. You yeah. know, like. No, I 100%. So this past Saturday, uh, my folks have um, graciously given me their truck. So if you see me driving around in that, that's my new vehicle. Um, it's not new. Yay! Yay, yes. Um, hopefully we need I'll, that applause button, Russ. Well, given that I think everyone saw my van in the parking lot for like three weeks, <laughs> um, that didn't move. Well, this is a, this is a very fortunate thing. Um, so yeah, I was driving home and just thanking the Lord, but then kind of like, all right, how did I thank him enough? <laughs> like how much, how much thankfulness do I have to bring to the altar here? Yeah, you know, yeah. uh, to be, you know, and, and I, I was generally, genuinely moved in my spirit and all that. He's been incredibly gracious to us on, on the vehicle side, uh, for years. And so like, it's, it, to me, it's more of the same from God and I, I'm thankful and I recognize it and I see it so clearly, but there is that kind of internal, like, you know, old man is like, you need to, you need to cry in, in thanking him and you need to, you need <laughs> You need to tell people these things or you need to just all these other random things other than just saying like if I were dad and my kid gave me something or I gave them something rather like them just going thank you dad yeah is awesome like that's yeah. that's yeah. everything so yeah, yeah. I, I know then, 100% what you're talking about and then I think I would add to that and then they go walk in it yeah exactly I'm gonna drive that sucker <laughs> I, I think like that like enjoy it yeah Right. I mean, what are those two things? I mean, that there's a sense of which like that's that moment of thankfulness is like the beginning. Sure. Right. Yep. It's like and I don't want to push the metaphor here too far, but it's like the the uh, the genesis of salvation. It's like like that's the beginning of the of the relational moment. Yeah. Uh, and the change of status. Mm -hmm. Right. And then now my son goes and lives out that change of status. Yeah. And I, and I think, so I think that's what we've, I, that, that, that did, honestly just plays right in too. Well, to push my metaphor, here's the problem. I lose my train of thought for a minute because I'm driving <laughs> and people are dumb. <laughs> and I'm, then I, I handle that and I come back, I'm like, oh, I lost the moment. Like, you know. You, oh no. It's just all these oh, no. stupid things. Restart. 
Yes, exactly. Like, and to get back into the state of mind. Exactly. Like, no, for real, Lord, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, seriously, God, I won't get distracted this time. Exactly. Yeah. Ten more hail marys. Yeah. Just right. Get the stupid people off. The <laughs> You're distracting for me. me. Uh, but that's life. It that's, is. That's life. So. Um, well, I think people. I, I say that jokingly because we. All, I think we all have that internal dialogue. But I hear that from from moms. Like I have my. Uh, devotional in the morning and then I meet my children and I'm no longer a Christian. You know, I lost the whole morning as if it were something <laughs> to lose or even keep th- that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is, um, you know, Joe Rigney in his book, strangely bright. Um, he talks about keeping Jesus in the peripheral, that there's going to be times he's in your direct vision and your direct, the times he's in your direct vision serve to strengthen his being in your peripheral vision as well. But he's got to be in at least one of those two. Even beyond that, man, like the fact that you have eyes to see means you're a Christian. Like for me, when I shift from that worshipful quote, um, quote moment into driving, my response to that driver or to just the way that I drive in general comes from my Christian convictions. I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I drive Christianly. Yeah, that's that's the point. That's what life is. Whether I'm consciously thinking Jesus, 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 mm-hmm. or, which is in the direct vision, or I have, you know, built convictions in my life from the scriptures that cause me to yeah do what I do the way I do it. Mm-hmm. That's just as holy. Yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, when you're when you're having to make decisions in those works, like what's coming to the forefront, you know, mm-hmm. are you how would this honor the Lord? How would this not honor the Lord? Uh, and the way that question is usually answered is, is this loving my neighbor? Mm-hmm. Is this righteous and good? You know, is this honest and truthful? Or is this rightfully rebellious where it needs to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the case of our government. like And going five over. <laughs> I saw a meme the other day. Said, um, <laughs> it said, just because you're going five over doesn't give you a right to be in the fast lane. Because there's some of us who want to break the law for real. <laughs> I salute you. Yeah, and I was like, I'm getting a bumper sticker. <laughs> Except I'm going to put it in reverse, like ambulances, on the front of my car. <laughs> you should yeah. serve I'm going to put it on my hood that just says, "Some get out of the way. Some of us would really like to break the law. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that help when you get pulled over finally too the cops won't see that as easily <laughs> that's right that's right <laughs> it doesn't need to be on my bumper they're all the ones in the dust already uh-huh yeah so i think you gotta watch out it's not an emotional state it's it's not it's not simply a, a mindful state although i think those things um you know certainly have application but uh i would encourage you to be in the word and develop godly convictions and bring those to bear on everything you do. Mm-hmm. That is, it's, I, I mean, it's, just, it's that hard and it's that simple. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. He said this, and I think that this uh, really kind of kick us towards our, our ending discussion here today. Because this was probably the biggest piece for me. Um I had read through Hebrews a little while ago now, and uh, the aspect of 
Jesus, of God caring about my works definitely stood out to me before. And every time it still moves me um, just because I, I, I lose sight of that inside of suffering. I lose sight of that inside of faithfulness. Um, and it, a lot of my story, uh, personal story, kind of comes from a like it's everything I do is just never good enough. And I do a lot, and I do, and I do, and I do, and I do things across the board, and so many different spectrums, and it's just it's never good enough. And so for him to see that and and care about it is a huge deal to me. But then you took that a little bit uh, appropriately further and said, so works matter because when right works are done rightly, it's an expression of God's justice. So tying that back to his justice is just a piece that I I missed. I I have read he's not so unjust as in he's not crazy to overlook it like mm-hmm. he's, he's not stupid he sees it it's mm-hmm. like that type of thing but yeah i mean taking it the, that further piece into no this is an aspect and an expression of god's justice his character mm-hmm. his to what you said yesterday his being he would cease to be god yeah yeah and so it's it's aspect of like he would be unjust if he overlooked them which means that those those acts are are seen as just, mm-hmm. right? They're, they are um, uh, an expression, as I said, of, mm-hmm. of, his, of his justice. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think we have to develop a, a godly, robust understanding of our works because it is such a big part of our lives. I mean, it is everything, and that's, that's what we miss it's everything. And, and as I said on some uh, Sundays, that some of our lives are so lifeless or dull or pathetic because we don't have a good theology of, of works. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I say dull or pathetic, I'm thinking like as an outsider looking at some people's lives, I'm like, what are you even about? Like, yeah, what are you, what, what are you living for? Like, what are you, uh, hang on with me a sec. Cause I've got another example categorically here. Like, what are you, like, I don't want your life. <laughs> like, it looks, you look miserable. Mm-hmm. I, I'm talking about people in our church. Yeah. Like, I look at you and I'm like, what? Like, you you just, you look cold or you look, you look dead mm-hmm. to be, I mean, just to be real forthcoming here. Um, Like, what do you, what do you get up for in the morning? Like, if, if I had your life, I wouldn't want to get up. I wouldn't want to get out of bed. Um, I mean, not, not because I wouldn't want to do what you're doing, but I wouldn't want to do it while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Like you have no purpose. Like you don't, you don't live with any gusto because you don't have any, there's like, why? And, and, in the, the reasons you have are temporal at best. Yeah. They're, they're, they're to get a paycheck or to feel good today or, or to check something off your list. What a miserable life. It's empty. Yeah. And then on the other category of, of people is, is maybe the same people, but the same people who are, you know, the people I'm thinking of on this side is like the, in that first category are the people that are like, probably don't realize they're in the hamster wheel. <laughs> okay. There's other category, the people who realize they're in the hamster wheel and they're just, darn they're, prideful they're about just, it. they're just bored with life yeah. or they're just unhappy with life. But won't change anything. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, look, there's a way through this that doesn't involve changing any of your circumstances. Mm -hmm. 
It's about viewing all of that rightly. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you don't have to get a different job. Yeah. You don't have to get different kids. You don't have to get a different house. Like, I mean, if, uh, unless all, some of those things are unrighteous. But, but you know, like, your life is just, ugh. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying, I, I think you need to have a, a theology of works. Like, that, that you're... That your works matter. Works done, uh, right works done rightly is an expression of God's justice. That, that, those things matter. God cares about our works. Mm-hmm. Like, we we need this. And and I know many of you needed to hear that as well. Yeah. I was reminded in a, another podcast I was listening today, like, as a father to a son, like, my sons need to hear, sons, good job. Mm-hmm. They need to know that the predominant chord that I play on my instrument towards them is I am well pleased with you. Yeah. Yep. They need to hear that. And and so for us, if we don't walk through life knowing that that everything that I do uh should be aimed towards hearing that. So is that's the key. If I if I'm doing works that are aimed towards hearing well done, son. Mm-hmm. Then what I'm going to be aimed at doing is walking in the works that he prepared beforehand that I should walk in them. Mm-hmm. So that, and because I, I know what we just want to hear right now is, well, God's going to look at me and say, well done, you walked in those works. And what he, and in the back of our mind, we're thinking, yeah, good, because good, Jesus worked in those. Mm-hmm. Jesus did all those good works. And what I'm trying to say, yes, Jesus did walk in all those good works, and all those good works are accredited to us as righteousness, not denying that whatsoever. But now that righteousness in us is continuing the work righteousness of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jesus is still enacting and carrying out his righteousness. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, all that we needed to be accredited to us, to be made right before God, was earned in Christ's lifetime, but Christ is still carrying out his righteousness. For your yeah, so he paid for your past, current, and future sins. Yes. And he's giving you his past, current, and future righteousness. Yes. <laughs> yes. So those works that he you gotta think of it this way. Those works prepared beforehand that you should walk in them are Jesus's works too mm-hmm. because it's his righteousness alive in you that you're now walking in. Yep. So you don't get to claim those works as salvation, mm-hmm. but as the fruit of the righteousness that's been given to you. Yep. So now go walk in those things. Mm-hmm. So now changing a diaper for the glory of God with a humble heart with joy and hope and servitude and humility and thankfulness to your child and to God for that moment. Like that moment matters. Why only does it matter if that is you walking out the righteousness that's been given to you. But if it is you walking out the righteousness that, that, uh, that has been given to you, then it matters for everything. And eternally like this is Christ's righteousness walking out in you. Yep. It matters. It's his righteousness for you to say then or to think light of 
the tasks, the mundane tasks that God's given you, for you to think light of those things is for you to make light of the righteousness of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And in an eternal sense. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to use too strong of a word here, but that's that's blasphemy. That's coming later <laughs> in uh, chapter 10, right? Yeah. No, it, it I don't know. I haven't is. read there yet. <laughs> Yeah, it, it absolutely is. It, it really does change everything, and and should be part of what the of not just your task list, but your motivation. Yeah, right, yeah. This this reaches deep, and, and for me, that's that's one of the encouraging pieces. Because on the one hand, I'm like, all right, why am I doing this? Is is it ever good enough? Is does he see me? That type of you know misery feeling that we heap on ourselves yes he, he does see and yes it does matter to him and then particularly for like elders like there's there's good things that come from our works that we are, are seeing in here so first peter 5 3 through 4 but being examples to the flock and when the chief shepherd appears you will receive the unfading crown of glory mm-hmm. this is f- not just because we are a shepherd but from the work yeah and so there's there's a return on these works that we give get we receive this crown because of his righteousness that we then turn to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just harkens back to the righteousness thing that I just said, right? Mm-hmm. The righteous, it's his righteousness that's alive. It's it's not that you get this again that you get this bank of righteousness that Jesus earned in his 33 years on this life, and then you get all of that accredited to you, and then now all of a sudden. You, uh, uh, any righteousness that you do, even let's say good righteousness, is somehow yours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like it doesn't, and I think I think that's the way we think. Mm-hmm. But if you're now His child, alive in Him, he, you are His property. And I don't I don't know if you understand the way that works, but like I'm responsible for what comes from my property, right? My kids. What they do and what they don't do, I'm responsible for all of that. And so, when my kids do something good, it is it is a part of my life as well. Mm-hmm. So, this righteousness that that we go then live in light of it, that's Christ's righteousness when it's actually righteousness. Yeah. So, I, I think the the last thing I want to say is that you, there's there's also this this fullness of of hope that tied with hope is joy and a fullness of life. And I was thinking this yesterday afternoon. Um, I think this applies to men and women. I'm just going to think about men here for just a moment. Men who tend to have jobs that are disconnected from people that they care deeply about. Okay, so let's put it in that context. So, so women, um, particularly if they're living out the vocation of being a homemaker, they like like in most cases they should be doing, then they are going to be serving in a way that is directly towards another human being that they love dearly, right? Probably their kids or their husband. And so it's really easy to look at that and say, that's a good work. Now, now again, it's hard to see that sometimes, but I'm saying comparatively, mm-hmm. it's easy to see that. Yeah, as opposed to typing code. As, as a good work. As opposed to typing code or working for a pagan, mm-hmm. like I mean, that's it's hard to see that as a as a work prepared beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think what happens for men because they've not been taught 
to see that as good work. Again, righteous works done rightly. Uh, then what they do is they lead, they find no fulfillment in their job, or if they do, they find it in the wrong way. They find it in being um, uh, making lots of money, mm-hmm. or they find it, and not that it's wrong to make lots of money, or they find it in getting that next promotion. Instead of finding it in, I am walking in the righteousness that Jesus gave me. So then what they do is they they start looking for that fulfillment someplace else, mm-hmm. whether it's in the bottle or it's in um, uh, sexual promiscuity or yeah, por- pornography or uh, adultery or uh, whatever it is. And so they, they start looking for fulfillment in other places. And, and I'm saying, well, what if you told that man what the Bible says, and that is your work's done in your job rightly, is you walking out the glorious righteousness of Jesus Christ our Lord. Mm-hmm. That even when you're walking from your desk to the water cooler, and you do that for the glory of God, with Christ in your peripheral vision at least, that that matters. Mm-hmm. That that counts. That, that God is honored and glorified and delights in your doing so. Yeah. What if you tell a man that? I mean, if he's a child of God, then that's going to begin to fill up his soul. Mm-hmm. And what's it going to do? It's going to give him new vigor. It's going to give him more diligence. It's going to empower him to do that more and harder and faster and more more glorious. Like It's almost like if you rightly know, then your love will be rightly stirred, and then you'll obey. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> Every time. Man. Look at that. Yeah. Look well, at that. We'll close this out, Russ. Uh, I hope that this has been super helpful for you. And need, delightful. need a shirt. Super helpful. And delightful. <laughs> and delightful. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is this is a, a real key uh, on the <clears throat> back end, particularly of strive to enter the rest. All the perseverance language, like get your boots moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're looking for very practical application this week um that's it abide and do good work it's already been planned for you so with that i hope that you continue to know love and obey jesus as lord over all we will see you guys next week see you guys